right, everyone. Welcome to the show. Glad to see you. Tennessee Wildcast sitting on a place that looks a little different than normal because of that guy over there. Yeah, Kentucky Lake. Kentucky Lake. Jason has set up this studio out here at Kentucky Lake, and he was wandering around looking for somebody to be on the show, and he found this guy standing around. This is Bill Dance, everybody. If you don't know who Bill Dance is... You must be about five or six. So <laughs> I've been running a trot line, limb lines down the bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ran into y'all. Yeah. Catching any catfish on them limb lines? I hadn't had a bite. <laughs> Sounds familiar. I thought y'all were having a shore lunch, so I, <laughs> I hadn't eaten all morning, so I just figured I'd run we, up here and see if I could find something to we eat. We were feeling bad for you, and we'll take care of you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. Vainas, anyway. crackers, cheese, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Got up in the truck. We're yeah. glad you're here. We appreciate yeah. you stopping by. Well, I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> to talk to y'all. Just coincidental. Anyway, this is Tennessee Wildcast. Jason Harmon over here running the board. Morgan with me on the show, of course, and... And uh, this is the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency's podcast. Hope you're figuring that out. And we've been talking to a lot of the folks at TWA, and that's what we're going to keep doing with our biologists and wildlife officers. But we love finding sportsmen, especially when it's one of the best sportsmen in the country. And Bill Dance is certainly one of those. And, uh, Bill, you're we're here on this May Day because you're going to a memorial uh, charity a tournament tonight. Uh, the banquet is tonight. The tournament right. is the following day, and of course you're coming to be a part of that, like you've done many times for many people. Right for Bill Terry. For Bill, Bill Terry. was with uh, Orca. You know they're located in Nashville, and Bill was a great guy. And Bill passed away, uh, you know, several months ago. And great individual. And we've got a memorial here on Kentucky Lake for him. The tournament starts tomorrow, and we're, uh, we're going to kind of kick it off tonight. All right, it's awful nice of you, and. And you've done that through the years with folks that you've known that have come and gone and, and always taken care of when you're called upon because you have a busy schedule. You were telling me before we started this show that you actually were, you've been running around a lot with Bass Pro lately, Johnny Morris. Oh, yeah, Johnny's, you know, we've been jumping here in the last two and a half weeks. And know. spent some time with President Bush, former President Bush the other right. day. Right, yeah, we were down uh, in Houston at the library and with a lot of Hispanic uh, urban kids, you know, trying to get them involved in fishing at the library and uh, we were there, and then we were up at uh, the Legends Tournament, uh, the big pro-am event that Johnny puts on at the top of the rock. Uh, we were there for about four days, and then Johnny had uh, a big conservation thing along with Richard Childers up at his place, up at Calhoun, Missouri. We were there for about four days, and then next week we've got some commercial shoots over uh, in Charlotte. So, Golly. I don't know, the last three weeks... You have been I, spending a lot of time in Tennessee. Now, I, I got to get back to working for Bill Dance Outdoors. <laughs> I tell you, uh, but you know, Johnny Bass Pro Shop has been a major sponsor of Bill Dance Outdoors and Bill Dance Saltwater for uh, a long time, and so uh, it's a you know we work hand in hand, and so it's it's all part of it. Have Good you partnership? Uh, Good you partnership. Look, oh, absolutely. Looking back on your life, Bill, which you've you've been you started doing TV and other media stuff, outdoor writing and all that back in the '60s, late '60s or so. Do it all over again, same way, everything. Well, you know, uh, you learn a lot. Uh, I wouldn't take anything for what I've learned. Uh, I've learned a lot. Yeah, I would. I, I see some things I would have done different. Uh, I think we'd all do that in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've met a lot of great people. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've been fortunate. I've been very, very fortunate to, to have worked with uh, a lot of great people. I know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today had I not uh, uh, met a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of very talented people that I work with that have helped me tremendously. Uh, 
I think that's the way it is with a lot of people. You're only as good as the people that you work right. with. And they don't get a lot of recognition. Uh, but they they do uh, a lot of hard work to make me look good, and that's hard to do. <laughs> I'm telling you, it really is. But we've got ten people at our production company. We've got three editors, and I've got uh, and two, three. All three editors can shoot, but they really don't uh, spend very much time in the field. But I've got three cameramen that do. So, uh, and then we've got. Uh, our clerical workers so we do all our work inside and then our finished product are mailed to the networks so last year we ran four networks we ran nbc sports we ran the discovery channel uh, destination america and then we ran uh, uh, the outdoor channel and the uh, uh, what did we run we ran we ran four networks, the Sportsman Channel, the Outdoor Channel, uh, NBC Sports, and then uh, Destination America on okay. Discovery. So this year we looked at the demographics, and we dropped NBC Sports, and we dropped uh, Discovery, and we're running the Outdoor Channel and the Sportsman Channel this year. And demographically, uh, those are the big number channels with us. We hit we hit a... a, a a better niche with those two networks. Oh. So our our saltwater series with the Sportsman Channel, and our freshwater series with the Outdoor Channel. And I was looking at Bill Dance Outdoors. You got a great website, and the times are out there. It tells exactly right. the times Absolutely. and when you can go watch Bill Dance. How you like that saltwater Bill versus the freshwater I like stuff it. you've done? Well, so you know, much. it took it took me a long time to learn to spell salt, and then it took me a long time <laughs> to learn to spell. But I work with a lot of very very talented people, and we kind of tailored that show. Uh, the same way we did the freshwater show, to go with very knowledgeable people, and we made it kind of an educational format, uh, and we tailored the show uh, to the type of format that people could relate to. Right. Uh, when we started the show, it was the economy was kind of in a crunch. And more people could relate to inshore than they could blue water, offshore. And so we tailored it to um, speckled trout, redfish, uh, tarpon, permit, uh, inshore fish, shark, uh, more so than going out for marlin or way off. At, you know, it's more expensive to do that. And we hit a home run by doing that. Smart, and yeah. So, uh, and that's the way we've kept it. Now, we will go offshore now a little bit. But most of the shows still are tailored to uh, inshore. And I bet that kind of feels more like fishing here in Tennessee. Or, you know, the inshore stuff. Does it feel more comfortable when you're on, when you're close to the shore working? Well, us? you know, a lot of most a lot of the inshore stuff. Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, it's a lot like bass fishing. A lot of it is. Yeah. Uh, the equipment you use. Mm-hmm. Uh, use some heavier stuff, but a lot of it is uh, like for redfish. Mm-hmm. They're structurally oriented. Uh, trout are kind of structurally oriented. A lot of the freshwater, fi- saltwater fish that we fish for, uh, they use structural features. And uh, a lot of the baits you use, uh, artificial type baits, or even live bait that you use, uh, they relate to uh, drop offs and they re- uh, high spots and key structural features. So uh, you use your graft a lot. You use your trolling motor a lot. You look for, 
you look for key structural features just like you would for bass. Fine. This, this lake that's behind us, you fished a lot. Is it is this the home lake for you, uh, Kentucky well, the, Lake, or are you more comfortable other places? Well, the, the uh, you know, I grew up fishing uh, Pickwick Lake, and that's on the TVA chain. Right. And it's just south of here. It's right. just It's like Kentucky Lake. Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, TVA. Uh, Pickwick is probably still one of my favorite fisheries. It's a type of lake that it's really three lakes in one, from the upper reaches up toward McFarland, mm-hmm. below Wilson. It's a shallower lake, and as you work further north, it's uh, it gets a little bit deeper. It's a different type pattern, and then as you work on toward the lower section of the lake, uh, it's a deeper pattern. So it's three lakes in one, and Pickwick is a type of lake that it's a 12-month-a-year fishery. Uh, it offers all three species, the Kentucky bass or the spotted bass, the smallmouth, and the largemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some big ones at that. Well, it's a qu- yeah, yeah. It, it has a, a good water quality. It has a, a big feeder creeks that feed into it. It has uh, all kind of key structural features. Uh, it's just a, it's a tremendous fishery. It is. And, in- and it offers... When one thing isn't biting, there's something else going on. It's If you like to catch catfish, it's a good catfish fishery, good crappie fishery. And then it's got good tail race fishing, you know, below Pickwick Dam, the headwaters of Kentucky Lake. So there's something always going on at Pickwick. There is. And, and you're Lynchburg. You grew up in Lynchburg and live over in West Tennessee now. The city is where, – where are you now? Well, I live about 30 miles east of Memphis. Okay. Uh, right. In Collier, north of Collier. Collier, sorry country. about that, Bill. But – you know, it, it, I grew up, spent a lot of time in Lynchburg, wading the creeks, and that's still my favorite. Form Mulberry of Creek? Yeah, Mulberry Creek. <laughs> Mulberry Creek. And I still like my fishing moving water, and I still do a lot of that uh, east of Pickwick uh, in the creeks, uh, wading the creeks. I still love to do that and do a lot of it. And that's the thing about you I've noticed through the years. You're a great bass fisherman, won a lot of tournaments. Um, when you were competing a long time ago but you've always liked to catch every kind of fish that swims now, now you're doing the saltwater thing but you've always liked the bluegill you were talking to gary mason who we'll have on after you today but you were talking to him about bluegill you just love to fish just catch fish well i do i like to i'll fish for something for a while and i get tired of it and that's why we're so blessed to live in a great state like mm-hmm. like tennessee because we've got so many different species of fish to fish for uh, i talked to a good buddy of mine not long ago that uh, uh, had fished in East Tennessee for, for muskies. You know, we're blessed to have a, 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 yeah, right. yeah, uh, to have a great, a great in our state, to have so many, as I said, so many different species. We've got a great muskie fishery in East Tennessee. Uh, we've got two great lakes at, at Milton Hill, uh, that gigantic much. You don't have to go north, That's way right. north. They're catch. coming here, I think, yeah, Bill, yeah, to, yeah. to, to and, fish with us. We've got uh, great trout fishing in the east part of the state. We've got uh, great crappie fishing. We've got uh, excellent bluegill fishing at real foot, good crappie fishing at real foot. We've got the Tennessee River. We've got the Mississippi River for excellent catfish. Just last weekend, I spent uh, all day, uh, I guess it was Saturday, Saturday or yeah, Sunday afternoon after church, we fished uh, the Mississippi for catfish and had a great afternoon. We didn't catch anything gigantic, but we caught a lot of fish in the 10 to 20-pound class. But 
Wow. Uh, that's that's a fun thing to do. Well, Jason and I were talking before the show. You spend so much time in front of a camera doing stuff. Do you ever just fish for Bill? Or, or is there always a camera out there when Bill no, that, fishing? No, that's what I said. Like the other day, we were just we just went fun fishing. Yeah. And uh, you've got uh, sauger fishing. You've got walleye fishing. You've got striper fishing, you know, rock fish. We've got so much to offer in our state. Uh, so if you get tired of doing one thing, just jump Go off on something else. <laughs> and smallmouth fishing. What? We've got good bass fishing. We just broke state record over at Chickamauga. Yeah. We've got that's a tremendous fishery. It sure is. And uh, with the uh, the F ones or the largemouth, uh, the Florida stocking that TWRA has done, you know, in many of our lakes now we're growing gigantic bass, and so we have. Uh, we have a, a tremendous fishery in our state you right You give now. Bobby Wilson credit for all that kind of great <laughs> Yeah, Bobby's fishing. done a great job. And, uh, <laughs> our, 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 our fisheries, have, have, they've done a good job. They, they have. really have. And our commissioners have done good. You know, our Bill Cox over in uh, West Tennessee mm-hmm. and our other commissioners joined together and worked with uh, our, the agency to, uh, to, to make a lot of that happen. All right, Jason, you were going to ask something. Yeah, what's one what's, – I see on your website you've got tips all over the website and different things. What's what's one tip a fisherman needs to know? What's the one thing you you want to tell somebody if they've never been fishing before? Well, you know, I think, uh, I think you need to go as often as you can and try to go with knowledgeable fishermen. Observe, ask lots of questions, and uh, I think you'll learn a lot. I think when, when people ask me that a lot of times, said, what – What's the best thing to do? To learn a lot about it. Go with as many experienced fishermen as you can possibly go with. And observe. Ask lots of questions. Don't try to be a know-it-all. Observe what he does. And ask lots of questions. You learn. Experience is the greatest teacher in the world. Don't be afraid to try new techniques either, right? Yeah, Yeah, don't try to learn too much at one time. Uh, Okay. Use lures that work for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to use lures that you have to work, uh, I know as a youngster growing up uh, with my with my children, if you've got a, a kid, a youngster, uh, it's a whole lot easier for him to throw a bait that that works for him, mm-hmm. like a crankbait. That bait works for him instead of him trying to work uh, a grub or a jig and plastic combination in 20 feet of water. He's got to work that bait, and it's much harder for him to work it. And he gets tired uh, if it's not productive, and he gets burnt out with it real quick. That's just a couple of weeks ago. I took my son and, and put on a little uh, floating crank. It was crawfish. He cast that thing all day long didn't get tired of it. You know, always really and he can it. feel the bait moving. Yeah, and, yeah. and reeled in a little, little fish on yeah. the creek. So. He did. Uh, what does Bill Dance do when he's not fishing? Is there a hobby that you have? For most of us, fishing is our hobby. Does Bill Dance have a hobby? Well, you know, doing 39 original shows a year, I enjoy writing yeah. uh, and writing our educational type shows. Our format is an educational format. It, it is, for sure. And I enjoy writing. Uh, you sketch or two, aren't you? you sketch, do you sketch also? Or you sketch out some yeah, of we do. Yeah, we do a lot of art in, mm-hmm. in, in our programs. Okay, and uh, so writing has always been, and I know your family, just reading some of your history and just from other interviews with you, Bill, that you, you come from a family of doctors, and you thought about being a doctor at one time, but fate turned you towards Well, my daddy, granddaddy, great-granddaddy, they go back, and uh, I had considered it, and I saw a bad wreck one time, and I was right behind her and saw a bad motorcycle wreck, and that just turned me 180, and I, I said, I just can't do this. And, uh, you know... I, 
and I'm kind of glad that it happened that way. Uh, and I just sorry about uh, the motorcycle wreck, but it turned out good for all of us that you went into this industry. <laughs> well, it turned out great for me too. <laughs> it did, yeah, did, but you've talked so many of us so much through the years. Made a big pack uh, on your shows. big impact on Tennessee and, and many sportsmen. And and uh, I I have a question too about a license plate. I think your number one smallmouth plate in Tennessee is that correct? Well, yeah, they gave me that. Uh, Bobby <laughs> did, and I was kind of honored to get that plate. Uh, we kind of promoted that plate uh, when it first came out, and uh, I got a call from Bobby. I think Bobby said, "I'm gonna give you this plate," he, and then I think the governor got the second one, and uh, I think the director got the third one. That sounds right. And I, I believe it was, and I've still got it. It's, it's sitting on that truck right now. Oh, that's that, awesome. That, uh, number one plate. I, well, I'd like to get a photograph awesome. of yeah, that. Yeah, I, I want to see that, yeah. Get uh, you a selfie with that, though. Yeah, I want yeah. a selfie with that. I think Bobby Wilson has number five, and he worked his tail off. He deserves yep, it. So, But absolutely. he said Bill Dance needed to be number one, and nobody disagreed with Isn't that. Isn't Bobby a great guy? He is. And, yeah. he, and, and of course, he's you been. Know, he started down here, and he's worked his way all the way up yes. through the ranks. and. uh a very deserving guy and a great guy and a great friend. I, I thank a lot of Bobby, and Bobby has uh, done so much for the for the commission. And he, he does, and and just talked to Bobby today. And anyway, he um he also has done something else with you. And the one fish that we're not too happy about Tennessee, you went over to him to the Mississippi River and looked for some Asian carp or silver carp. Oh yeah, what did y'all see over there? Yeah, yeah, that that is the most detrimental thing that's ever happened to our fishery, and. Uh, uh, they're a, they're just they're a nuisance. They really are. They're a nuisance. I think the two things that probably uh, and our agency's aware of it, but uh, the two things probably have, that have hurt our, our fisheries, uh, of course, are the Asian carp, the big head, and the silver. They're in most of our waterways, and what we can do about it i think i talked to mike butler with the tennessee wildlife federation the other day and i think there's a board being appointed and mike's going to be on that board to see what we can do about them correct the thing that about them they occupy so much available water space and uh they just uh i know in many of the oxbow lakes uh you know there's just so many cows can live in a field right there's so many squirrels can live in an acre of woods there's so many fish can live in an acre of water and when these things just begin to occupy all of that space something's got to give and these things have just taken over i mean it's unbelievable i'm how uh, i can show you in behind dikes on the river where we had abundance of shad thread pen gizzard our freshwater herring they're not there anymore these things have just i mean i can show you graph shots from five to ten feet below the surface, all the way down, 40, 50 feet, it's just solid red. You drop a treble hook and just jerk it one time and foul hook them. I mean, they're just yeah. We're trying to find a way to get these commercial fishermen interested in them, and maybe we will over time and with help from folks like if you, you can get too. a market for them. You yeah, know that, what we're working on. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, you're uh, you're going to be at this event tonight, and right. then your schedule is going to take you elsewhere. But you're going to get started back on Bill Dance Outdoors. What does that mean when you say get started on it again? You're just now getting ready to take next year's shows, or what, where is it going to take you? Well, we're way ahead, doing 39 shows. 39. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave in. Uh, I'll leave in about uh, as soon as I get back from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got that with Martin Truex that shoot next week, and then I'll come back. And then I'll turn around and go back to Florida, and uh, we'll do a couple of tarpon shows, 
around the Palm Bay area on the Indian River, and then we'll go up to Jacksonville and do some stuff at the mouth of the St. John's on Redfish, and then probably head back home and do a few bass shows somewhere, and and then uh, kind of coast for a while till the weather gets cooler again. I didn't know there was a coasting time for you. Yeah, we've, yeah, uh, we've been running. We've been running since January. So. And do you have any idea how many shows that you've done since you started? Way back, you ever catch that down and actually put it? Hundreds it? and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. yeah, we run 52 weeks a year, so uh, we're doing like. We do 39 right now, and no telling how many. Uh, and our bites, we do. Uh, mm-hmm. We're doing bites, and we do blogs, and we do. Right. I was going to ask you about your blog. Yeah. Tell us about your blog. Well, the bites are what are what are strong right now. We okay. do. We do. Uh, uh, our bites for our Facebook on YouTube, and they're doing exceptionally well. And then we do. Uh, we do blogs. We do. Uh, we're doing uh, a deals for Tennessee tourism once a, one a month on lakes across the state. We'll pick one lake, like we started out the first of the year on Dale Hollow, and what a tremendous fishery Isn't that it is! Though? And, and that awesome. has rebounded so so well. A TWR has done a great job on that. Uh, then we left there, and then we went to Real Foot and did a, a deal on Real Foot crappie, and then from there we went back to. Uh, uh, where did we go? We left and went to Kentucky Lake and got a little bit ahead. The weather, you know, they say spring is such a great time. Right. <laughs> but spring can be a horrible time. It can be a horrible time. Because of the uh, frontal systems that come through and c- cool nights and, you know, long days. You know, you get bright sunshine. You know, it'll be in the warming time. It'll warm up. And then the colder nights, you know, the, the photo time. It's like from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock, and then you get the cold nights from, it starts chilling back down, and then you get fronts. Normally the fronts, uh, in the fall of the year, uh, our fronts normally start moving in around November, late October. And we'll get one like every 36 hours, 36 hours, a front will start moving through. But if you'll watch the spring, we're starting to get them. We get it's not uncommon for us to get one every thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. Had a good one yesterday. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> sure did. And uh, it, uh, the rains, the cool nights, the cold nights. Like the other night, we were down forty degrees, mm-hmm. and that drops that water temperature. Fish move up, they move out. They move up, they move out. And just talking to Gary Mason, the crappie on Kentucky Lake. You know what the, what this month is? You know what the date is right now? I do. The crappie have not even they hadn't even started hadn't even spawned yet. Yeah, and we're in early May doing yeah, this show. Early right May, here. and the crappie so, hadn't even spawned yet. So you can still catch them. Yeah, but it's a temperature. It's a temperature. You know, they'll start to move up, and the temperature will drop. They move back out. They move up. They move out. So spring is not uh, is always uh, much as it cracked up to be. No, it's not. <laughs> it can it's be not, tough. Absolutely. Are you, were you ever a night fisherman, Bill? I know. I used to night. I used to have a place on Pickwick, and uh, I used to night fish three or four nights a week at Pickwick. And then the grass got in Pickwick, and a lot of our bars and our three to ten foot bars, they just uh, they got covered with grass, and that fishery just kind of slowed down. And we don't we don't catch the big smallmouth at Pickwick that we used to catch. I don't know what happened to them, but we right. just don't catch them. Yeah. I talked to the director. Uh, 
Missouri director director of Department of Conservation. This, they're not Missouri. They call them director of conservation. I think they're a DNR. Yeah, DNR, but yeah. we're game and fish. Right. Uh, but he told me the other day they had tagged a smallmouth on the current river in Missouri, and they watched this smallmouth, and that fish moved 70 miles in one year. Wow. And, I didn't know and, that, yeah. Yeah, and the next year... He moved from one location, he moved back. He covered 70 miles in one year Had a, through a tagging, mm-hmm. a telemetry. Telemetry study, him. right. And then the next year, he moved another 70 miles. And the third year, he moved half that distance, and somebody caught him and, and removed him, hmm. but didn't release him. But anyway, I think a lot of our smallmouth, and I've watched it in Pickwick Tail Race, We'll catch them some real nice fish in the winter, and then they leave, and we'll start catching better fish further further north. Of course, the river's flowing north, and then those fish, you'll keep catching them. They keep moving further north, further north, further north, and I'd like to see more tagging yeah. on our fish just to see what they do. And our fish at Pickwick, I think a lot of those fish move further south up toward McFarland, and the better numbers of smallmouth come from the Wilson tail race and we lose those fish in the Pickwick area that we used to just catch numbers of, of nice smallmouth they move yeah I, did, I, I didn't know smallmouth moved that much myself well Missouri their their tagging programs so are showing that they do yeah well, that's but now it. that's in the river that's in the river. But if they do it in the river, I don't know why they, would, they wouldn't do wouldn't it in do the it lake, too. Well, that answers one of my questions I was fishing to ask you is, do you know the answer to all bass questions now? <laughs> I guess they're, you're still learning after all these years, too. Well, you know, I talked to Jim Duckworth, and he, he thinks a lot of that. Uh, in Dale Hollow, a lot of those fish migrate. They move in the lake in big numbers. Right. Uh, they migrate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, that's interesting. I didn't know about that study. Is uh, if you had your but I'd mouth? answer your question. I did. I, I did a lot of fishing up there. Yeah. Until the grass moved in, and and I kind of got away. And a lot of traffic, and more and more people, uh, numbers of people in the traffic, and the number of people. And I finally, I I sold my place up there, and and I still go up there, but mostly in the winter, and and then I go back and fish the creeks a lot in the. Let me in the ask, summer months. We got only got a couple minutes, and I'm a creek fisherman myself, or used to be in my heyday. What do you like best? What kind of bait do you like the best in the creek when you're fishing? I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> I fish a grub a lot. I fish a grub a lot in the creek. Uh, Just a good old three inch, a four inch, four inch. Grub. I fish. I fish a four inch grub a lot in the creeks. Hmm. I really do, and. Uh, I fish a topwater bait a lot in the creeks. I fish, uh, it depends on the time of the year. In the winter, I fish uh, uh, a jig and plastic combination a lot in the winter. So you wade the creek in the wintertime? Yeah. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. All right, so uh, plastic baits. Yeah. Do you ever do the live stuff in the creek? Not much. I don't no. have a live bait sponsor. That's why I just, <laughs> Sorry about that, Bill. That was dumb. No, anyway, no, no. Sorry about that. But I, 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 I fish a lot of, I fish a lot of, uh, a lot of grubs. You know, a grub is just kind of a bait that we we got kind of got away from fishing. But a grub is a high percentage bait. Yeah, they've been yeah, around I, a long time. I love them, and I fish them in the creeks too. I also fished four inch worms in the creek, but 
I didn't have a sponsor. There's, <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. A four-inch yeah. four worm is, is a high-percentage bait. Is that, is that the one bait you won't leave home without, a grub? I've got them. I fish them a lot. I really do. Yeah. Well, good. No, I, I, I fish a grub a lot. All right, I, I, I love hearing that you like the creeks, and I know Mulberry Creek. I've fished it a time or two. I've got, one, I've got one question, I, and we've talked about fishing and fishing and fishing, but does Bill Dance like to hunt too? Does he ever have time to get out and enjoy the, the woods? I still hunt, but I, all my hunting is for fish. Yeah. You know, I, it is hunting. I used to, yeah, it is hunting. Uh, I used to, I used to hunt a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't hunt anymore. Yeah. I just uh, you're a busy I, man. My kids do, but I don't. I just don't hunt anymore. Yeah, and how many children do you have, Bill? I have three boys and a girl. And any grandchildren? I got seven. Seven grand. Your wife yeah. is Diane, right? Right. Okay. All right. And you're Collier, Collierville, Collier. Yeah. yeah. Our, our production company's in Collierville, and I live just north of there. Okay. All right. Well, we really appreciate it. We're going to run out of time. Doug, here it's always here good minute, to see you guys. Yeah. Um, it's great. Give you do a great time. job. Well, thank you. And it's if they want to find you, you got a Facebook page. It's Bill Dance. It's easy to find. you got your website, Bill Dance right. Outdoors. And, and then you got your blog and your bites. Right. And anything else you want to tell them? No, just watch us when you can on the Outdoor Channel and on the Sportsman Channel. We're there three times a week and uh, 52 weeks a year. And if you want to see Bill's bloopers, you can go watch them on YouTube anytime you want to. <laughs> or watch us on that. We can do a blooper every time we're on the we, air. We might do one here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, we're I might let fall you get, out of this chair. Get you back to your trot lines right. that you're working in. Yeah. Bill, thank you. Buddy, thank I, you. I appreciate Good everything, everything you. you do for I Tennessee. I appreciate yes. you. Thank you so, so much. Jason. Thank yeah. you. All right, everybody. We're going to come back with Gary Mason. He is the CEO of Legends of the Outdoors, and he's also a great fisherman. We're going to talk about catching shellcracker and bluegill on this lake and about the legends and a whole lot more and we're going to get bill over to his truck i want to see that number one i want a photograph of it all right yeah we'll we'll show it to you all right come back next week tnwildlife.org if you want to see all our stuff thank you guys thank you man we are wildlife officers We are biologists. We are managers of land and water. We are the people who preserve, protect, and perpetuate our state's wildlife. We are your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. Visit tnwildlife.org. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Background looks a little different today, right? It's uh, behind the background we all love. We're sitting here at Kentucky Lake on this beautiful May day, getting ready for a big charity tournament tomorrow. Folks are out everywhere on this water fishing for shellcracker, bluegill, largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, silver carp. Well, maybe not silver carp, but they're fishing (laughs) for a lot of different stuff here. And uh, we're not, but we're going to talk to a guy that's really good at what he does. There's Jason Harmon over there. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in. Really good at what he does, too. He set all this up out here. And this is Gary Mason right here. Gary is the CEO of the Legends of the Outdoors. He's been a guide on this lake for a long time. Semi-retired now because he's too busy doing other stuff. He (laughs) helps with the West Tennessee tourism, heads that up. He's the coach of the Bethel. Uh, college university fishing team one right. of the best fishing teams in the united states right. and uh, gary what do you do when you're not uh when you're not playing 
Well, I tell you, you know, I got the greatest jobs in the world, and everything I do goes hands in hand with everything else I do. So, you know, people ask me all the time, well, when do you sleep? Well, you know, I, when you got the greatest job in the world, you don't have to sleep much. Gary, you, you are well-known over here, grew up in Buchanan. Buchanan or Buchanan? Buchanan. 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 Four miles that away. That away. Okay, all right. So. And Brenda Valentine is from that general area. Yes, sir. She's a good friend Brenda, of yours. Brenda and I grew up uh, together. She's a little bit older than me and a whole lot prettier. And I grew up with her family and my family. We all went to school together. And matter of fact, her and my aunt were best friends throughout school. So All right. Just all these people from here, just great sportsmen in this part of the world. How can you help but not be, right? Well, yeah. You know, we grew up in an area. There wasn't many deer here. There was no turkeys at all. But there was a lot of other game to chase. Uh, and the thing about growing up in northwest Tennessee at that time, you know, you worked throughout the week, you went to school, and then on Saturday you've done whatever you had to do in the garden or in the tobacco patch or whatever, and on Sunday afternoon after church, you got to go hunting or fishing, and we spent our time. You know, you you didn't hang around the house much if you didn't have anything to do because mom and dad put you to hole in the garden or something. So head to the lake. We headed to the lake or in some of the creeks and stuff around and, yeah. or the woods and Always were doing that. And, you know, I named that three or four things a minute ago, but you do even more than that. I think you've trained dogs. You've guided for hunting. You just uh, – and what else? I, I, well, I've had a phenomenal career in the outdoors. You know, I, I guided part-time and until 1991, and in 1991, I, the company I worked for for 16 and a half years closed the doors. Yep. And uh, I tell everybody that uh, folks that I worked with went to the unemployment office and I went hunting and fishing. And I've been doing that ever since. And uh, everything that I have created, uh, of course, has been with the help of the man upstairs because I wasn't smart enough to do any of this on my own. And uh, But the things that I've created uh, was with help from others. And, and uh, I'm very proud of all that we've accomplished. You know, we're honoring the great men and women in the outdoors with the Legends Outdoors. We're creating a legacy with the uh, Bethel University Collegiate Bass Fishing Program. And with Northwest Tennessee Tourism, I'm able to help bring folks into our great area of Northwest Tennessee, Realfoot Lake and Kentucky Lake, uh, and everything in between uh, to enjoy the, the things that we all enjoy. And some of us may even take them for granted, but we've just got such a great uh, area for fishing and hunting and horseback riding, golf, and all kinds of different things here that uh, I get to help promote that, too. All right, before we get into the legends and some of the other stuff, let's just talk fishing for a minute. You've been out today, took a friend out I have. on the day I that have. we put this show together, and this is a time of year that I, Vernon Summerlin, a good friend of ours, used to come up and spend a lot of time with you. We'd come up and spend some crappie time with you, a little bass time right. with you, but then we'd come up and do this shellcracker, bluegill thing. Absolutely. Give us a fish report, Gary. What do you look for in May on Kentucky Lake and going forward? Well, fortunately, for those that hadn't got to get out on the lake yet, you know, it's the last this last few days we've had blackberry winter, which the blackberries are blooming and it turned off cold. Which it, it sure does, did. It does every year. But uh, fortunately for those that hadn't got out yet, I think we're about a week week to a week and a half behind on our bluegill and shellcrackers. And uh, there's, they're making beds out there in the lake right now, but it's time to get out. This next couple of weeks is going to be prime time for bluegill and, and shellcrackers, and even on into the first week of June. Uh, so get out right now. Well, Jason hasn't fished a whole lot for shellcrackers. I'm going to try to take him to a little reservoir called Woods pretty soon and, and try to catch some shellcracker and bluegill. But give tips to Jason because I don't need them. <laughs> well, hold on. Now. Well, uh, you know, some of He the knows things, I do, Jason. Some, you know, the, the, the technology we've got today is phenomenal for bluegill fishing because uh, you can actually take a hummingbird side finder and, uh, with side imaging technology and see the bluegill beds. There's thousands 
in any lake. Really? You know, yeah. uh, we, we as humans only know where there's, you know, 20 or 30 maybe if we're a really good fisherman. Some of us might not know where that many is, but uh, this technology that we got available today, if, if you don't have one, that's the best thing to have mm-hmm. if you're going bluegill fishing. I used to ride around in the wintertime in the low winter pool of Kentucky Lake and look for places where gravel had washed into the lake or any kind of rise in the bottom that was hard, even sand, and I'd know that bluegill were going to bed up on that. The shellcrackers are going to be in more toward the vegetation most of the time. Uh, they might be around a bluegill bed, but uh, they like to get in that 12, 18 inches of water. So right now, the bluegill that I have found, the beds I've found, most of them have been in two and a half foot of water or less. You're kicking up mud with your trolling motor. Wow. So, But as the water temperature warms up to 70, 72 degrees, the deeper that temperature warms up, the deeper these fish will bed as May continues on. So. I found one bed in five foot of water today, but you're going to find some beds starting to get deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. All right, and I've learned a lot. Kidding, many I've learned a lot from Gary. We used to call it the Mason method. We even wrote about it. So <laughs> he likes to fish a good little grub or jig underneath a bobber, and you're really good at it. And uh, that was going to be my question: go, was it was it, it grub or is it a live bait or what do you what do you like? And crickets. You know, I, I like everything. You know, I don't know why a bluegill likes a cricket. He ain't never seen one. You know, yeah. but uh, I guess it's kind of like the first time I took my first bite of steak. I had never seen one of them either. But, That's true. Uh, but, but they love them, and they love red worms, and the shellcrackers really love worms. And, and shellcrackers especially will hit artificial bait probably better than they do live bait, and you don't have to rebate. You know, right. when you're using artificial bait, with yeah. stuff like Charlie Burr grubs, and there's other things out there that. Uh, that and and that's use. a plastic grub, right? Just a, a little old, yeah. short plastic grub, right? Yeah. And, and I like to put a BB split shot up above it, oh, yeah. and uh, and throw it either with a float or or no float, depending on the depth of the water. And uh, the other thing is depending on whether you want anybody else to know that it's there or not, because <laughs> when you put that float on, it's like a red flag. Everybody yeah, says, oh, they're bluegill fishing right there, you know. But uh, but folks love to fish. They love to bluegill fish. And any time you can go to Real Foot Lake or here or any of our, our other great Tennessee reservoirs and catch 100, 150 fish in a day's outing, you've had a great time. Gary, this lake, this Kentucky lake, has always been pretty famous. Is it more famous than ever now? It just seems like people are here year-round almost to me. And... Kentucky Lakes makes national news and gets all these massive tournaments coming in here. Is it as famous as ever? Or I think it's still... probably a lot more so. You know, we're in 88, 89, 87. We started getting millfall on this lake, and, and the bass fishery really started picking up. This lake was always known as a great crappie lake. Realfoot Lake was known as a great bluegill lake, and that's kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah. Realfoot now has got uh, has really become known as crappie, and Kentucky Lake has started becoming known as bass, and and so we've we've got a, a great fishery here. It continues to to get better and better each year. Now we've got uh, Florida strain largemouth bass in the lake, and so the the bass fishery here is just on fire. It's been phenomenal the last ten years, really, but especially the last five years. So the lake is in great condition. We've got a lot of fish here. I had a lady bluegill fishing with me today caught a 18 inch sauger a sauger a sauger i nice have not surprise. seen an 18 inch sauger in years wow. and she caught one today and we turned it back loose she was sportsman enough she said let's turn it back loose how about that that so is we turned that, it back loose so. that is great well this is just a wonderful lake and I, I have had many good times with you and steve mcadams over here and others coming to this lake and uh, gary you uh you uh, you've taught a lot of folks. You you brought in a lot of writers at one time, a lot of outdoor communicators, and you taught us all a lot about fishing Kentucky Lake when we came over here. And people have written about you all over the country too. So you've taught 
no telling how many folks about fishing this <laughs> well, lake through the time. You know, I tell folks, uh, I've seen a lot of people get in the guide business and get out. And as you said a while ago, I'm kind of semi-retired from the guide business now, but uh, still take a lot of folks. Uh, I even take folks for free now, believe it or not, but uh, outdoor riders. So hint, hint, if you want to come <laughs> oh, along. Oh, I do. Uh, but, you know, hey, can I come along? Yeah, okay, sure, good. absolutely. The the really neat thing that, uh, that you've got to be to be a good guide like uh, Steve and some of the other guides that are here that's still working, and uh, hopefully I fit in that category. But you've got to love watching people take game or catch fish more than you like doing it yourself. Right. Because they don't come to watch Gary catch fish. They come to catch fish and, and to learn. learn. And a really good guide, no matter what lake and part of the country that he's in, a really good guide is going to be someone that enjoys teaching others to do what he right. loves to do. Right. That's, uh, you can have a great time actually not catching fish with the right guide. Absolutely. And most of the time the guides catch fish or take your own fish is what I'm saying, and, and, and you do well. But a but good guide, you will learn. It's spelled G-U-I-D-E. Yeah. All right. And G-A-R-R-Y, right? That's right. G-A-R-R-Y. It's a southern way of saying it. All right, Gary. Another question or two on the lake, and then we'll get into the legends and stuff. Duck hunting. Throw a curveball a little bit. How was duck hunting, or how is it on this lake? Because you've done a lot of guiding there, too. Yeah, you know, our duck hunting has kind of slowed down a little bit here. Uh, last year, we had a lot of warm weather across the Mississippi Flyway. It didn't get cold until 1st of January, and then we started getting a ton of rain. So duck hunting uh, is always, uh, depending on the type of weather, every duck hunter wishes for a hard cold front mm-hmm. every week, you know. And uh, But we have as many ducks come through here a lot of times on a good warm front they come up through Mississippi and stuff like that. So duck hunting here is still good and still a lot of opportunities thanks to TWRA with our wildlife management areas and our blinds that are drawn for here in Camden and Big Sandy and Chin Creek, Harmons Creek. So All we've right. still got a lot of opportunities for duck hunting. All right, and I'm going to go back a little bit and ask you a somewhat sort of maybe minor, I don't know how it is over here, controversial question. There's some uh, some discussion over here on crappie. I know some anglers haven't been real happy with the crappie numbers coming out of the lake in the last year or so. I kind of feel like they cycle like everything else. But what is your feeling, Gary? What's the feeling of sportsmen over here right now? You know, I think most of the sportsmen over here think that there's something that needs to be done, uh, either less of a si- or more size limit, but larger size limit, or less of a creel. But you know, my feeling is is when we've got wildlife biologists hired to do a job, let them do the job, let them make the recommendations. Even though I'm out here every day, I don't know what those guys know, and I don't see the data that they see in the surveys that they know how to do. All I see is what I catch uh, on any given day or hear what some other sportsman here catches. Our fishery does cycle, especially with crappie, um, and and sometimes it's a three- or four-year cycle. I believe we're in that right now, and I believe that in two years we'll be back into an upswing on the cycle. What is the krill limit here and size limit on Kentucky Lake? Uh, the krill limit is 30 and the size limit is 10 inches. All right. So we'll see. And I did talk to Jason Henniger, one of our biologists, just this day when we're, before we put this together, and he said there's gonna we're going to do a little bit of video work coming up to try to explain what's going on, Jason and then I, and some other folks try to explain what's going on with crappie on Kentucky, like just give you a heads up and uh, everybody else. You know, one thing you got to remember, you got to remember that as long as the biologists say that we're in good shape with any species, and we're able to make an economic impact through tourism on that fishery, uh, then I think we ought to follow our, our guys' leads that are that are paid to do the job. Okay. All right, Jason, any more fishing questions before we move on? Well, what's what's uh, what's one thing you don't leave home without when you're going on the water, whether it's bass, crappie, or whatever, whatever you're fishing for? What's what's the one bait you, you won't leave home without? Charlie Burr slider grub. 
Absolutely. Well, not they, uh, my truck does not go anywhere if there's not a slider grub in there. Made in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Made in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. I, I love his stuff. I, I will, I'm, I'm going to second a lot of that. I, my days of big creek fishing, if there wasn't a uh, four-inch Charlie Brewer worm in my tackle box, I turned around, went back to the house and got him. So he makes great baits. He does. They've got some fabulous baits. They've got a lot of stuff now that uh, – that he didn't have five years ago, too, as far as bass fishing stuff. So you need to get back on his website and take a look at him and see what he's got. All right, Gary, let's talk about the Legends. You have already come out with this year's. First of all, let, let's explain what the Legends is. The first class, I believe, was in 2002. It's That's a correct. Hall of Fame. Jimmy Two. Hope went in there. Bill Dance went in there. That's Roland your, Martin went in there. Roland went in there. Earl Bentz. Earl uh, Bentz, Triton Boats. Har- Harold yeah. Knight and David Hale went in there. Uh, Jimmy Holt, of course, was the very first person that we inducted. I don't know if you know this or not. You probably do. Uh, I was down at Ray Scott's place the other day. Ray gave me the very first Bassmaster magazine, and guess who's on the cover? I bet I know. Jimmy Holt. Jimmy Holt. And if you're and across the state or we're near, you don't know Jimmy Holt. Jimmy Holt's like the Bill Dance of Tennessee, or at least Middle Tennessee, absolutely, right? Absolutely. And a uh, very well-respected sportsman. Tennessee Outdoorsman. Tennessee yeah. Outdoorsman show. So, But anyway, you know, uh, these, these guys, the Hall of Fame members, in 2002, I looked around, and I love the Country Music Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame. And I was just, the internet was just starting to get big, thanks to Al Gore. Uh, <laughs> but the internet was just starting to get big. And so I looked around and, and I couldn't find a Hall of Fame that wasn't exclusive to a species of either fish or game. Right. And I told my wife one day, I said, uh, I said you know, they don't have a Hall of Fame in America for people in the outdoors industry. I said, somebody ought to do something about that. And she looked at me and she said, well, aren't you somebody? And I kind of took that as a challenge <laughs> and and uh, sat down the next day, come up with the name Legend of Outdoors. A week later, and she's not an artist, but a week later we was in a restaurant in Murray, Kentucky, and I said, I need a logo for the Legend of Outdoors. And she sat there and drew it out, you know, and that's been our logo ever since. Uh, we started honoring the great men and women of this country, not only those that you see in front of the camera, but those that you see behind the camera, artists, uh, outdoor writers and communicators, uh, people from uh, people that have started companies, you know, like Bill Huntley with TH Marine, and this year will be W.R. Sowie, who co-founded uh, with his brother at Flambeau, you know. So we are the only Hall of Fame in America that offers uh, an opportunity to honor people from all walks of the outdoors industry. And I know, Gary, when it first started, the, the thought would be, well, how many people can you possibly honor? How long can you? But it, it's endless, isn't it? There's so oh, yeah. many people that have yeah. done and still doing it. It's the innovative stuff out there. When, when you when you take a look at, at the way we honor people and, and the way we go find them, uh, it's, it, the, the, the number is endless. As a matter of fact, the sad part is, is there's people like Ricky Green that just passed away and, and others, Doug Hannon, uh, that, yeah. we, that we won't never get to before they pass on to God's great reward. And then mm-hmm. they don't need us any longer because they got the best reward in the world uh, or out of the world, we'll say. Still but, got family members, though, and it makes them oh, feel good absolutely. to know that they're in there. Yeah, yeah. this year we're going to induct Fred Bear posthumously. And, Golly, uh, talk uh, about famous. You know, yeah. Absolutely. W.R. Sowery, Fred Bear, a lady angler named Lucy Mize, who at the time won $50,000 on Kentucky Lake as a lady angler, and they'd never been done before winning that much money. Uh uh, let's see, Mark and Terry Drury, uh, George Thornton of the NWTF is going in, CEO of NWTF. Uh, and I know I'm li- li- leaving out while Colorado Buck, you know, everybody knows who Colorado is. So those will be the guys that go in uh, here in the next year, or this upcoming year, August 27th on the General Jackson Showboat. All right, let's let's stay on that a minute. August 27th, General Jackson Showboat, where is that? And, and uh, how can you learn more about it? 
on well, the website? The the event's held in Nashville, Tennessee, okay. right behind Opryland on the General Jackson Showboat on the Cumberland River, one of the finest showboats in the world. It is a cool place. We also do a thing that Friday night that you can actually buy a ticket and take a ride on the boat with the Legends, uh, and we call it Ride with the Legends. There'll be other people on board, but, uh, you know, Hank Parker and Martha was there with us last year, and Babe Winkleman and, you know, all, all those great folks was on the boat actually taking a ride, getting to watch those entertainers that play on the showboat each and every night. They're phenomenal, you know. They are great, and, and, and I attended it last year and saw Hank Parker he was up there emceeing with you, along with you. He is one funny guy. Oh, Hank he is, is great. Uh, he is great. Tell you a quick story. Martha didn't tell Hank that he was going to be the emcee. So that Friday night on the on the boat, Hank said, "Now, Gary, just exactly what do you want me to do tomorrow?" I said, "Well, for, well, Hank, you're the emcee." He said, "Well, I didn't bring a a blazer or or, or a dinner jacket." And I said, "Well, I've got one." I said, "You can wear mine." And, because uh, I had two in the truck, and and what I had forgotten was that you know Hank is only about six inches taller than me. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy, <laughs> and his arms are about five <laughs> inches longer. So uh, didn't bother Hank at all. He put my blazer on, and uh, and it, it fit him fine, except the sleeves come up to about his elbows. <laughs> he never let up. He just kept right on going, and and we had a great time. But this is what this is all about: is saying thanks. You know, this is just like a big family reunion each and every year. It's a great opportunity to get to meet a lot of folks that you've been your heroes for a long time okay and your website is where if they want to learn more www.legendsoftheoutdoors.com or you can punch my name in gary mason with two r's and uh, that'll bring it up uh and you can go on there my contact information is at the bottom of the page you can call me anytime some of us outdoor writers got in trouble a lot of times with g-a-r-r-y but <laughs> we learned I after tell, a while i tell folks to call me whatever they want to as long as they call me to supper <laughs> All right, all right. It's a great event, and I hope I hope folks will consider going to it. Gary puts a lot of work in it. So do a lot of other folks. And one of the surprise guests, at least for me last year, was Miss Tennessee. Was absolutely, out. Yeah, absolutely, Miss Hannah Robinson. And I don't know and if she you was. Know this. Hannah's family owns Buckhannon Resort right wow. here on the lake. I grew that? up with them. I worked at Buckhannon Resort when I was fifteen, and and Hannah uh, grew up there. And she's Miss Tennessee. Matter of fact, she was like the number th- three runner-up for Miss America. That's awesome. You know, she's a pretty girl. Beautiful girl. And, and uh, seemed like whole, so nice. She was so cordial all whole, day long to everybody. The whole family is great people. The Robinson family, the Williams family, and Buckhannon family started that resort. And uh, and I think this is their fifth generation. So wonderful people. All right. Let's get into let's get into higher education. Jason, you might want to ask some questions on this yourself. <laughs> Higher education. Get educated. Okay, yeah. Go. Uh, Gary, you started coaching uh, the uh, Bethel University bass fishing team a few years ago. Tell us about that and tell us the opportunity for um, these these future students in college. Are they going to have, is it going to grow, is there going to be a greater chance for them to go to school on a, on a bass fishing scholarship down the road? Yeah, you know, we've got five colleges now following in our footsteps. University of Montevello just started giving scholarships, so... Uh, but in 2009, the college called me. My daughter worked there, and the athletic department called me and asked me to come over and sit down and talk to them about a uh, possible bass fishing team. Well, of course, I, I, I wasn't looking for a job. didn't know they was going to offer me one. But I talked to the athletic director and his two assistants, and the first question they asked me was, what would you do if you were going to start a bass team here at Bethel in order to entice uh, students to come here? And I immediately told them I'd offer scholarship funding. You know, because there's no place in America that's offering scholarships to go to college and be on a bass fishing team. There's a lot of bass fishing teams out there, but they're clubs, you know, right. they're run by the students. But I said, what we need here in America is we need teams actually run by paid coaches 
with monies that uh, help the teams go and compete and, and so on and so forth. Uh, we've been three-time three time national champions. We won the Cabela's Boat U.S. in 2013. We're getting ready to go back and try to defend our title once again uh, at the end of this month. But uh, we've got 24 students on the team right now, and I think I've recruited eight for next year. High school bass fishing is growing faster than any other sport in America. That's great, right? right. All, all oh, across absolutely. the country, just absolutely. in the south, where is it growing, Gary? Yeah, Everywhere? Uh, the south especially, but all across the country. i got two kids from Wisconsin. I got I, I signed one last year and signed one this year from Washington State. I've got a kid from Pennsylvania. I got three kids from South Carolina, two from North Carolina. Oh, yeah, you're actually recruiting, just like a college actually football, recruiting. baseball. Absolutely. How Absolutely. do you find? Well, I'm gonna give away your secrets, but how do you find a great high school? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't get to go watch them like the baseball guy or the football guy does. So what I do is I ask them to send me a resume. Most of the time, my students help me find other great anglers. The other thing we do is uh, I offer a scholarship to the two champions of the Bassmasters High School Champions, if they want to come to Bethlehem be on the team, and two from the uh, uh, TBF FOW National High School Championship. And then on the Triton Boat Owners Tournament, we all, my best friend was Tom Moody, passed away about five years oh, ago. Yeah. And we do the Tom Moody Memorial Scholarship through Triton, where we offer a young person that fishes the Triton Boat Owners Tournament uh, a chance to come to Bethel and go to school. Okay, keep that in mind, Jason. You Tucker, he's what five years old. Time yeah. he gets up there. there I got, go. I got a question. How yeah. do the do the do the kids have their own boats? Are they spot? How uh, that spot? It, it's about it's about seventy thirty. We've got five boats that uh, Triton helped us get, and then the kids bring their own boats. We've got a boat building that we can store ten boats in. Uh, we give those chances to store boats to our upperclassmen that are living on campus, first come, first serve. And then the other students, you know, they got to figure out where to store their boat and stuff. But these kids live and dream fishing. You know, they, they've watched it all their lives. I'll tell you one thing that they can do that, uh, that us guys don't even have a chance. They're so hip on this technology. Right. I mean, right. absolutely. If I got a problem with my depth finder, I call and say, hey, what do I need to do? You know? I've been running these depth finders for years and years and years, but these kids know it. They grew up with it. Like video games, it's just second nature to them. You know? Yeah, that would be a nice advantage to have. They just don't know how lucky they are to have this great technology. Or maybe they do now. Maybe your kids do. I, I think they do. You know, the greatest compliment that any coach of anything can ever receive is for people to say, well, I met some of your kids, and they're the nicest kids. They was yes, sir, no, sir. And, and that's the kind of kids that we recruit at Bethel uh, for the bass fishing team. And and uh, not only do we have a bass fishing team, we've got inline hockey, we've got uh, Archery. Uh, my assistant awesome. coach, Kenny Loudon, coaches the archery team, and uh, uh, former commissioner, TWRA commissioner Bub Edwards, coaches the shooting team. He's done really well with that program well, over Bethel the years. Bethel's so. special, isn't it? Loves, uh, man, I love I, the way they love the outdoors. I tell you, there. we do. I, we have become the premier outdoor university in America. Are you? Is it like football, baseball? baseball? Is it Division One? Do you compete in Division One, Division Two? How do you? We compete, compete in- nationwide against. Uh, when we go to one of these tournaments, there's liable to be like this uh, Cabela's Boat U.S. tournament. There'll be 240 boats. Uh, and from everywhere, uh, we go to the Bassmasters National Championship. There'll be uh, 150 boats in that. Uh, so we'll we'll compete against all the SEC teams, the uh, Big Ten schools, Wisconsin. You know, uh, all of them. Well, I know not all of them offer scholarships yet. Do you see it down the road as being going that way at some point? Maybe. I certainly hope so because I tell you, these students need a lot of help. Uh, you know, right now, mom and dad's funding everything for them to in most cases to go fish uh, and do what they love doing. 
So I hope that other colleges will follow in our footsteps. I've even tried to help a couple. Uh, Bryan University over in, in uh, Dayton, Tennessee, I helped their coach with their, you know, understanding how you need to put their program together. And, you know, it's not rocket science. It's just uh, good business uh, uh, functions to to learn how to put this stuff together where you can have a great team. And here's the deal. You know, our fishing team gets publicity. We're in front of cameras everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, walking up on stage, whether we win, lose, or draw, we still get Bethel's name across that stage in front of a national television camera every tournament we fish. All right, and what's uh, as the coach, what is the most important thing you teach them right up front when they come in for that first day with with uh, Coach Mason? What do you tell them? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to tell them that you know it's it's my rules, it's my way. This is my team, and uh, you know me and my assistant coach and the athletic department we set rules and standards and guidelines to go by. But if they'll do just a few things that I ask them to do and make the grades and go to class, they'll reap some huge rewards and benefits from it down the road uh, when they do move up to the travel team. I've got a varsity team and a junior varsity team just like any other program on our campus. And uh, once these kids move up to the varsity team, they, they're, they're pretty much on their way to being great fishermen. Okay, for the rest, they got it the rest of their lives. Well, some of them go and follow the, the big FL or BASS tournament, FLW, BASS. Did they, or will they just go on and be great fishermen who just enjoy what they're doing or a combination of everything? You know, they all dream of being uh, a professional angler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and BFL and some of the other tournaments, that, uh, the, the Bassmasters opens and some of those things offer them the opportunity to fish some of those. Some of them do. Zach Parker and Cody Ross and some of them guys that's already graduated have been fishing some of those tournaments. It's really hard to get in like the Elite or uh, or the FLW just because of the monetary issues that you have when you try to go turn pro. And uh, after college, you know, you got student debt, and uh, it's hard to, hard to go into, you know, $50 more thousand dollars or $100 it is. more thousand dollars. That's the thing that, they got to learn, how expensive right. it is to be. It, it's a very expensive sport, but it's a very gratifying sport, and it's a sport that uh, a lot of these kids uh, will try to go. Are you getting the females in it? it, it? I've got one girl that's graduating uh, this this year. She's absolutely a fabulous fisherman, Chelsea Queen. Her brother KJ is on my team now too, as well. I recruited Chelsea right out of high school, uh-huh. and uh, uh, she is. Uh, I'm sad that she's moving away, but uh, we are always looking for young ladies who are great anglers. You know, we we've got the cream of the crop throughout high school bass fishing going to Bethel and. Uh, it's hard to get on our team. I don't mind telling you. You're going to have to be pretty good if you're going to stand a chance on getting on our team. Well, congratulations to Bethel for, for thinking about this. Where is Bethel, by the way? It's in McKenzie, Tennessee, about 30 miles here from Paris Land State Park. Uh, this is what we consider our home lake, this and the Carroll County 1,000-acre recreational lake in, <laughs> yeah. in Carroll County. Yeah. Those great places to practice. Great places to practice. And, of course, we also uh, sneak off down to Gibson County Lake every once in a while, too. So, uh, But w- we've got some wonderful waters to, to fish in. All right. Gary, we got a couple minutes left. Um, one more time on Legends. Let's tell them where they can find more information and also uh, Bethel. Where can they find more information on Bethel and just bass fishing in general? These, these- they can go to uh, www.bethel.com, bethelluniversity.com, okay. uh, or just punch in Bethel University and it'll and, come up. Right. It'll come up. Uh, there is a couple of Bethel universities, so you got to pick the one from McKenzie, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, small Cumberland Presbyterian School of about 1,500 on campus. Uh, pretty quiet and a national champion national that's champions. just awesome that's, that's right awesome, yeah. uh, 
But uh, uh, and then if they want to go to the Legends of the Outdoors, uh, www.legendsoftheoutdoors.com, or just punch my name in, and uh, the site will come up. If they want to see anything about Northwest Tennessee tourism, just punch in Kentucky or Real Foot Lake, and it'll bring up our tourism site. All right, and Gary, um, questions going back to fishing before we run out of here. Uh, it's been a while since I've been out with you. Biggest fish. What's your biggest bass out of this lake right here? You know, I've never caught one over eight pounds. Now, both of my boys have caught them over 10 pounds you out caught of this them lake. Well. But my two prize fish are not largemouth. My two prize fish are two shellcrackers that I caught, one one year and one the other year, out of the next year out of the same spot and had the same man that I was guiding both times. One of them weighed 21 ounces and 12 inches long. One of them weighed 24 ounces and 21 inches long. Wow. That's a big fish. That's a tarp uh, I mean, fish tw- for sure. 12 and a half inches long. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All so, right. And bluegill? Did you ever catch one over a pound in this lake? No, but I filled up 48 quart cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good catfish lake, too, isn't it? It's a great catfish lake. And uh, smallmouth, uh, a lot of folks may not know it. The east side of this lake, got Bill, a lot of smallmouth. Billy lake. Westmoreland said this was one of the best smallmouth lakes that he'd ever fished on. All right, Billy Westmoreland in the hall yet? Uh, yes, he went in the first year. He went in the first year, man. Yeah. You got all kinds. Of, how many folks you got now? T- 2002 to now is? Uh, 2002 to now is going to be 109 members. Count, wow. Count all right. one is posthumously. That's awesome. All right. Gary, thank you for your time. And I do want to go fishing. Absolutely. Hope okay. you guys both get to come and take yeah. a look. We've got to do a little filming with you, okay? We'll take Great. advantage right. of that for sure. Gary Basin, everybody. Jason, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Thanks for setting all this up. Yeah, it's great. Our office is outside. This is this is the best place to shoot one of these, it's, I think. It sure is. We're going to do more of it anyway. we got to go, everyone. Our show will be out there all the time. We'll see you next week. Yeah. TNYLife.org.